Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to begin the program by personally inviting you to church this Sunday. We have two services, the first at 9 a.m., the second at 11 a.m. That 11 a.m. service is live-streamed on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And if you come at 11, we also have Japanese and Korean translation available. This week, Pastor Josh Butler will be preaching on 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, Five Marks of an End Times Church. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Well, hey, half a day, Chris. Yeah, we're excited to be uh, fed from the scriptures this Sunday. Pastor Josh is going to be leading us into the book of 1 Peter, and I hope that you'll come and join us. It's going to be a great time of worshiping together and then hearing about uh, you know this very practical and clear text uh, about uh, how the church should, should act and how we should respond to each other. I'm really glad to have uh, Walter and Christina Teller uh, with me and their daughter Clara. Uh, Walter and uh, Christina and Clara are new to Harvest. In fact, uh, moved just last year, right? Um, and uh, they have uh, their family. They have some older kids, and their daughter Clara is 19, still with them. So first of all, welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Glad to have each of you uh, with us and excited to hear about your story and um, the things that God's been doing in your life. Now, you guys moved to Guam from Alaska, right? That's a, that's yes. a ways away. And, Christine, I think you're, you're from the Philippines. Walter, you're from? Um, upstate New York. Okay. How did you guys get to Alaska? Well, um, we were stationed at Davis Mothan Air Force Base in Arizona, and it was coming close to the end of my career in the Air Force, and we wanted to go overseas again or or somewhere else and i received a phone call saying um that uh there was an opening for me at uh, ielson air force base in alaska okay and but i only had eight hours to to get back with them and tell them that i would accept it because the person that was originally slated for this assignment was on a hardship and he couldn't they didn't have the services to take care of his dependents there in Alaska so I says I asked the person can I get back with you yeah you have until the end of the duty day and I called my wife after that and I asked her do you want to go to Alaska <laughs> I said yes <laughs> right I'm away going Alaska. <laughs> of course she was working outside in 110 or 105 degree weather in Arizona. In yeah. Arizona. Okay. And I told her it was cold in Alaska, and she goes, "Yes, that's okay." Another adventure. Yes, Christina. Did you know how cold it was in Alaska? No, Pastor, not at all. <laughs> I just wanted a uh, adventure. The Lord brought us here uh, in Alaska, so it was good. <laughs> so you said yes in eight hours. Yes, I called them back, and they said okay. We will process the paperwork, and Sergeant Teller, you are going to be going to Alaska. And that ended up to be how many years there you stayed? My original assignment was only three years, but I extended another three years after that. And then the assignment that came after that was 
to Georgia, and we weren't we weren't excited about a Georgia, so we prayed about it, and I decided to retire in Alaska, and I received a job that um, working for NOAA as a satellite tracking station personnel mm-hmm. because of my knowledge of electronics and stuff. They took me right away, and I worked up there for 14 years. Okay. And then another two years at Fort Wainwright, which is just a little bit closer to home, a lot less treacherous driving. Okay. So 20-plus years. 22 years. 22 years. We raised our children there for 22 years. It was God's providence because I was able to homeschool them throughout their high school until they went to college. You have uh, Clara with you. Clara, you're 19, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, you have a couple older children. Is that right, Christina? Yes. Yes. Okay. How many children do you have? Three girls. Okay. They are, uh, the older one is 30, and the middle is 26, and Clara is 19. So, Clara, you were born in Alaska. Did you like growing up there? Your whole life was there until you came to Guam, right? I had a lot of great childhood memories growing up. Yeah. Yeah, Alaska is a pretty cool place, and um, of course, you have that privilege of being with your family and your sisters. All of that's really great. So, um, what brought your family to Guam? I mean, Alaska to Guam—it's a—it's closer to the Philippines, right, Christina? But yes. I mean, it's a pretty big change again. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, after Claire graduated, and we were looking to go somewhere else and we decided we wanted to be in the Pacific somewhere, whether it be in Japan or um, Korea, Guam or Hawaii. Uh, And then I I put in paperwork for a position somewhere in in any of the islands here. And uh, a friend of mine that I worked with over 30 years ago saw my name come across his desk, and he offered me a job Hmm. here in Guam. And we prayed about it, and we talked about it, and I accepted the position out here. So, uh, yeah, back in working for the Air Force again, and that makes it a lot easier for us because, well, I'm used to being in the Air Force because I'm retired Air Force. So it was, uh, yeah, this... This was an answer to uh, our prayers, and it makes it so that uh, it's a lot easier to move around. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have to deal with snow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but again, another big move, right, to a place that you you hadn't been to before. You really didn't have a lot of history here in Guam. That's correct. Yeah, and we're we're adventurous like that because my wife, even though we met in the Philippines, I had to sponsor her to Korea in order for us to get married. So that was an adventure there for her and for me. And we learned a lot about ourselves, uh, Korea, but we learned also a lot about God and his providence um, with me. You guys have an interesting story about how you met and then, you know, the connection with God. Christina, tell us a little bit about how you guys met. Uh, I work... uh for the uh, American in around Clark Airbase, and that's how I met my husband. Uh, he goes there 
for TDY, they call them Cope Thunder. They go there every so often. And uh, he went to our restaurant and he started talking to me, just being friendly. And I did not want to talk to him because <laughs> I was at work. But he kept coming back there. And my friend says, you go ahead. You know, we'll go with you. We'll have uh, something to eat. So that's how it came about. And then um, when he, he went back uh, to Korea, we kept our communication. And to make the long story short, after eight months, he sponsored me to see him in Korea. Mm -hmm. And my family, as a, you know, our culture, as a girl, they said, that's not good for you, uh -huh. you know. But yeah. uh, I was 21 years old then. And uh, my parents uh, says, okay, you know, if something were to happen to you, you're so far away. Mm -hmm. But uh, I went and... To make the long story short, we got married, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's over 30 years ago. 30 years ago, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you started to tell a little bit of the story, Walter, of, you know, kind of this, you know, your relationships with God. They were somewhat disconnected, but connected as well. Maybe you can start with your spiritual story. Uh, yes, uh, well, you know, I've, God's been calling me. Uh, during my, the early years of my life, my grandmother witnessed to me about Christ. And then um, a friend of mine witnessed to me just before I joined the service. And after that, I joined the Air Force and I went to my first duty station in England, Air Force, or England, the country, uh, Upper Hayford was the Air Force base. Uh, a young man witnessed to me there, hmm. but I did not heed the call at the time. I was young and uh, first time on my own, so I was just kind of reckless at the time. Sure. Uh, but uh, I did not heed the call until I met my future wife, Christina, in the Philippines. And after, you know, we had a couple weeks together in the Philippines, and then we corresponded over the eight months— and then we, I sponsored her over, and we got married. Well, I was still unsaved, and I was kind of wandering aimlessly. But she insisted that she wanted to go to church. And I'm like, okay, I, I have no problems with that. And we discussed her relationship with Christ, and it was, it was bothersome to me because it was more than our relationship between each other. And then it, I did not understand until a year later when we went to a family life conferencing retreat in uh, Seoul, Korea, she, um, we, or we both went, and the gospel was presented to me in a clear state, and I finally understood Amen. what God was doing in my life and how he's brought me so far and how I rejected him. And that's when I asked him to be my savior. Um, and I knew that he was the only one that could forgive me for my sins. And then after that, we, uh, we got stationed in Texas. And uh, we followed uh, the Lord in believer's baptism. So we've been baptized and we've been following the Lord ever since finding places to serve we served in texas we served at uh in arizona and then when we got to uh alaska 
they started a, a church off this one one main church in Fairbanks. They wanted one closer to Isleson, so we they bought land and they had a pastor that they put out there, and we served there wow. until until we left. Yeah. And that was a wonderful experience. I got to be a deacon for a while. I was a treasurer for. I felt too long, but uh, <laughs> that's an interesting dynamic there. But it was a wonderful place to learn and grow about the Lord. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, tracking, you know, f- well, first of all, the different ways that God was calling out to you, Walter, throughout your life. And then the a number of different situations that he brought into your path that helped, you know, draw you, ultimately draw you to him. Yeah. And then the privilege. I want to ask you in a minute a little bit more about the church plan. I think that's really interesting, too. Christina, let me back up a little bit because we kind of jumped into that conversation. But tell me about your, you know, kind of growing up, grew up in the Philippines, and then your relationship with the Lord. Yes, Pastor. Uh, I grew up in Catholic faith, and uh, my parents were devout, and we all go to Mass as a family. And um, growing up, I received some of the sacraments of the Catholic Church. And as a young girl, I remember praying earnestly, saying, Lord, help me to be good. Mm. Even as a young age, I recognized the struggle to be good, to obey my parents. And as I grew up, um, I went to a Catholic high school, and I became friends with this girl named Lita. She, she's so different from the other girls that I'm friends with. And um, she witnessed to me about our Savior uh, several times. And she invited me to come to the youth group Bible study and fellowship. I didn't go right away. Uh, but to make the long story short again, one day I just decided to ask her, so Lida, when is this youth fellowship? And she said Wednesday. <laughs> so we went after school. And um, I remember the youth leader talking about salvation, and God quickened my heart, and uh, I uh, accepted the Lord Jesus. And uh, the Lord said, apart from Him, we can do nothing. After I got saved, God made me realize, even though I wanted to be good, I cannot do it because I was trying to do it with my own strength without the Holy Spirit. And uh, God helped me to grow in my faith by spending time reading the Bible and fellowshipping with my friends, uh, uh, believers. Uh, So you see, when I met my friend that I said she's so different from the other girls that I'm friends with, after I got saved, I realized uh, she is fulfilling the Great Commission with her action of being kind and being considerate. I was attracted to be friends with her. God used her to be salt and light as an instrument of the Lord for me to get saved. Uh, so, fast forward, I married my husband, and he was not a believer. Uh, the consequences of my me marrying him is I go to church, and he doesn't. And my heart became so lonely at times. I plead with the Lord to have mercy in my husband's souls, for I know if he die, he will go directly to hell. So God is so merciful that after a year of our wedding, my husband accepted Christ Mm. as Lord and Savior. And we just celebrated our anniversary, and 
we've been married over 30 years and uh, uh, we have three beautiful girls and uh, it doesn't mean after my husband got saved our marriage is like a bed of process quite the contrary we had lots and lots of struggles but uh, God is perfecting our faith, uh, continuing to sanctify us, to walk with this commandment. For Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And for him, I praise him. Amen. Yeah. It's a sweet story of uh, you guys together and God drawing you together and drawing you to him. Mm -hmm. um, I always love to hear about how God does that mm -hmm. and then how he uses us you know, it, it, within that marriage relationship to press us you know, to him. And I see that in your family. Um, Clara, you've also given your heart to Jesus. Is that right? Can you tell me about that? I grew up in a Christian home and was homeschooled throughout my life. One of my school subjects was learning the Bible, Old and New Testament. I never knew what it was like to live worldly, but I would feel in my heart conflict of right and wrong. I wanted to accept Jesus Christ as my savior because I do not want to go to hell. I got baptized. I know baptism does not save me, but it's unobedient to follow Christ. I know that I am saved by grace through faith alone, and it's the gift of God, not of my wor works, lest I should boast. I'm blessed that I got to stay with my parents and go to Guam. Amen, and we're thankful that God brought you here. Your family has already uh, gotten connected with the church. You are very friendly and have reached out to many people, and you're already well-loved. Clara, you're involved in playing your violin. I know you're very musical, and you play your violin with our worship team in the morning. And, yeah, it's just really great to have you guys plug right in. Um, and uh, Faith and I have enjoyed our fellowship personally with you, and we just feel so much that God's going to, he already is using you in the life of our church and really across our island. We believe that God has, uh, it's interesting, I wanted to ask you about this, uh, Walter, but you said that you were part of a, a church plant and then almost 20 years there, and, and so many things in kind of your spiritual formation happened there, right? Oh, yes. I learned a lot, not only about uh, being in the body of believers, but also about the management of a church and also the uh, some of the th different things that go into being a part of that community, mm -hmm. you know, uh, talking with people, um, helping with needs, you know, and there's a lot of things that go into church that is kind of behind the scenes that a lot of your just more parishioners don't see, mm -hmm. but they're there. And they have to be looked after, whether it's the paying of the bills or uh, making sure that maintenance is done on the facility. Also, uh, you know, during the holiday times, we go and help decorate during Christmas or, or Thanksgiving. And also cleaning of the church, too. You know, there, yeah, there's a small church. Yeah. 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 But we, we did our best to help it be presentable and a warm atmosphere for people to come in and uh, get to know the Lord. Well, I can see that in your interactions with people and just in, you know, your conversations, there's a, uh, you can see the depth of the spiritual growth that's happened in your life and your love for God's church, which is really, mm -hmm. is really a neat thing. And yeah. we've loved to see that. 
as you look back on your spiritual life, maybe I'll ask you this, Christina, what have been maybe some of the biggest challenges spiritually? The biggest challenge for me as a mom and a wife is uh, relinquishing my rights mm-hmm. to grow with the Lord, like uh, being submissive to my husband. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest challenge because I'm, I have a very, I'm a very strong will. <laughs> and uh, the Bible says to be submissive, and that's the biggest challenge for me. So how has God helped you with that? Uh, be more with the Word and uh, uh, letting the Lord lead me. And uh, it's a struggle, but yet if you obey the Lord, that's where the freedom is. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, obedience brings freedom and joy, right, it, it, always. Uh, Walter, what about you? Some of the big challenges of... Well, the beginning of our marriage, uh, learning how to be a loving husband or be a husband, period. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of the relationships, especially in the military, are kind of temporal, and also they do not they didn't openly promote fellowship with the gospel. They promoted fellowship with other things that were they could have been uh, they were very detrimental but uh after i got married and i learned and got saved i learned that obeying the lord is important and that was a struggle at first i had to relinquish all that and you you lose a lot of friends when you stop doing those worldly things because they feel that you are 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 forsaking them for something else mm-hmm. and we we were we did because we are more in tune with Christ than we are with the world and we no longer wanted to do those things because of some of the things that it causes the pains and sufferings that other people would face with that it's not that we turned our back on them. We were still open and friendly to them. It's just that they treated us different. But we also earned their respect, too. Uh, hence the reason why I got this job. I I left such an impression on a fella that he thought of me to hire me out here because it was over 30 years ago, and we only spent a year together. Mm-hmm. So he remembered me by name. Well, it's pretty amazing to look back, you guys, on a life and see the ways that God directed each one of those steps. Um, You know, uh, from your backgrounds, growing up in different parts of the world, to God connecting you together and then using that relationship and drawing you to himself and connecting these three, you know, children that God gave you the privilege of parenting and um, all of those things uh, connected with his church where you grew and had a chance to serve. It's pretty fun even for me to look and hear. I can kind of see those different seasons of your life. And yes. um, we believe confidently, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that God now has directed you here. We love the fact that you wanted to dive right into the church and mm-hmm. use the gifts that God has given you. And so we're thankful for that. Looking forward to growing together. 
um, as a church family and God using you in our church. So uh, welcome. I mean, you've been here for a little while, but welcome to Harvest. Thank you for your testimonies and sharing them here today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we always want to personally invite you again to services this weekend. There are two, one at 9 a.m., the other at 11 a.m. That 11 a.m. service is live streamed. You can find that on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And if you come at 11, we also have Japanese and Korean translation available. We'd love to see you at either service. This week, Pastor Josh Butler... He's going to be preaching on 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11, five marks of an end-time church. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.